0: This is Todd Summerfeld. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS in Kirkston, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you the update from the Red River Farm Network.
1: Good Thursday morning. It is time for Farm News. I'm Don Wick. We have Randy Kuhn in Austin, Texas for Potato Expo. And we'll have updates from Whitney Pittman and Tyler Donaldson as well. It is certainly a blustery morning, many areas waking up to temps below zero and wind chills in that 20 to 40 degree below zero range. The National Weather Service says a prolonged Arctic system will deliver dangerous to life-threatening wind chills right on through Tuesday. There is a chance of blowing snow today across eastern North Dakota, with the biggest concern being in the Devil's Lake Basin and the north-central part of the Red River Valley. One blizzard already moved through the Midwest. Another system is expected to hit that region tomorrow and on Saturday. World Weather Incorporated expects cold air to collide with warm, moist air that we're seeing over the eastern United States and possibly creating what is called a bomb cyclone. Snowfall of 4 to 10 inches is expected from northern Missouri and Iowa to Michigan, 10 to 20 inches of snow possible from northeastern Illinois into Michigan. Strong winds will make travel difficult across the midsection of the United States. Tomorrow is a big crop report day. USDA releasing crop production, grain stocks, and winter wheat seeding estimates. Paradigm Futures market analyst Kent Beadle is looking for a, a bump in U.S. production. I wouldn't be surprised if production numbers inched a
0: little bit higher because uh, they inched higher uh, from um, October to November. When that happens, it oftentimes carries through into January. But I don't think it'll be a lot. You know, Ultimately, I think that uh, demand uh, has the potential to be very good if we can just get through some of the shipping issues that we have right now.
1: Tomorrow's report will be released at 11 a.m. The National Potato Expo is underway in Austin, Texas.
2: Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Randy Conan is there visiting with uh, National Potato Council uh, exec uh, Cam Quarles and Cam. Let's uh, talk about Potato Expo in general here in Austin, Texas. Big event, bigger than ever.
3: Bigger than ever. This is a record breaker for us. We're so excited, Randy. We've the the last time we were in Austin was five years ago. In that time, we've added forty percent more exhibitors and 25% more attendees. So this is our biggest expo that we've ever had. Over 2,200 people are here with us in Austin. It's a great way to kick off the new year.
2: I know at the media breakfast, you mentioned. Why? That's something we're still trying to search for.
3: Well, I, you know, I think it's a multi-faceted response. In general, potato expo falls at the exact right time of the year and we've really tried to talk to growers to maximize you know what, what what's valuable for you uh... in structuring an expo that will make uh, the kickoff to 2024 valuable to you and so we've got some tremendous sessions on the show floor we've got a lot of people throughout the supply chain in the industry you can walk down the aisles and see a lot of the folks that matter to your businesses it's all right here contained on this hundred thousand square foot show
2: floor what's on the mind of the national potato council right now?
3: Well, certainly, our, our role is to stand up for potatoes on Capitol Hill. That's our mission statement, and so we we want to see a new farm bill. We, we want Congress and the administration to, to get back to normal business, kind of leave some of this chaos behind. I don't know if that's too optimistic, but that's our hope. Uh, and certainly, I think producers for 2024 need that certainty. They need to understand what's going to be happening on trade and environmental policy, nutrition, uh, all of these conservation, tax policy, all of these things that matter to running a family farm in the United States.
2: Anything else we should be aware of?
3: We've got a lot going on here, Randy. We just want to enjoy the show. We're really glad you're, you're here and part of it.
2: Cam Corrells with the National Potato Council. A report from Potato Expo brought to you by Syngenta, the National Potato Council. AMVAC, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Gowan, and Bayer. From Potato Expo in Austin, Texas, I'm Randy Conan for the Red River Farm Network. Thanks
1: Randy. The United Nations Security Council is calling for an end of the attacks on commercial shipments on the Red Sea. There's been more than 25 attacks by the Houthi rebels since mid-November, forcing shippers to avoid the Red Sea and reroute shipments around the southern tip of Africa. China, Russia, Algeria, and Mozambique did not vote on that UN measure. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. The University of Minnesota has released their new wheat variety picks. University of Minnesota wheat breeder, a wheat specialist, that is, Joachim Wiersma says variety selection looks at several factors
0: everybody's going to look at yield and everybody's going to look at straw strength for us the things that are really drivers also in the decision is because we know that the market is going to do whatever the market's going to do in some years you're better off just growing bushels in some years you can't afford to grow even 13 percent protein because the discounts are too severe and we can't predict that so we're going to pick a number of varieties that are really on the high yield side uh, some of the varieties are a little bit more conservative towards what we call balanced varieties and then after that the things that really drive the decisions is fusarium head blight leaf streak pre-harvest sprouting and
1: straw string mn rothsay say ballistic and sy valda are rounding out the top three variety picks farming
0: is risky enough and no season is the same. The reason we do yield trials is to give people an idea of what to expect from varieties the next growing season. So the reason we also say, and if you come back to our picks and say, well, we wanna test everything for at least three years before they ever make it to that list. And it's to basically ensure that we've sampled as many of the possible conditions it can come across for next year. Have we sampled all possible environments? No, not yet, because no year around here is the same. But we've sampled,
1: you know, in the case of three years in the north, we have 24 data points. Wiersma featured in the Small Grain Update meetings this week. Today, those sessions will be held in Hallock and Roseau, tomorrow in St. Hilaire. Soybean growers have an opportunity to participate in a survey to test pathogen levels in their fields through funding from the Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more.
4: University of Minnesota Extension Regional Crops Educator R- Angie Peltier says it's important to note movement of pathogens over time. We have a, a pathogen that thrives Um, in saturated soil conditions called Phytophthora soji. Every 10 or so years, there's a different survey that happens to kind of assess the pathogen population to make sure that we are planting soybean varieties that have good resistance to the pathogen population that's actually in our fields and so um, more recently when we've had some disease losses occur we've realized that there's probably a shift in that population that has taken place over time. This survey is free to participate and can help producers make variety decisions. There's an opportunity if you see symptoms of Phytophthora root and stem rot in your soybeans this year. Um, somebody can come out, collect soil, collect plant samples, get it to a lab, and we'll be able to characterize your your phytophthora population in your field so that you know which varieties are most likely to work as far as resisting this particular pathogen so it's a unique opportunity and i hope folks take advantage of it more knowledge is always a good thing reporting agriculture's business i'm whitney pittman on the red river farm network
1: mexico has extended the suspension of its import duties on beef pork and poultry products through the end of this year to ease high food prices, Mexico suspended import duties in May of 2022. That extension was extended through the end of this past year and now through 2024. Mexico is the number one export market for U.S. pork. AMVAC has proven chemistries for the potato industry, uh, such as KPAM. AMVAC commercial product manager, Micah Skanga, says the company has also invested in development
5: research and understanding like many folks in the industry of the biological segment we really feel like these tools are supplementary uh... to the proven chemistries
1: when considering biologicals skanga says it's important to evaluate the data you know you think about the united states and and the soil profile across all the areas that we grow potatoes there's
5: just a ton of variance and so that's the other thing to think about is these tools are probably not a a one stop shop Uh, but they certainly have a fit I think moving forward but um, but you really gotta you really gotta play with them yourself
1: to see is it gonna work on my farm Amvac is an exhibitor at the potato expo trade show welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network a group of Minnesota deer farmers have filed a lawsuit against the state of Minnesota claiming that a recent moratorium blocking the ownership of deer farms is unlawful The ban was put in place by the legislature last year to limit the spread of chronic wasting disease. But the lawsuit contends the state cannot directly link CWD in wild, white-tailed deer with farm-raised deer. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Tyler Donaldson. How's that story? The group
0: behind the lawsuit, led by Minnesota Deer Farmers Association President Scott Fire, says that the moratorium blocking operation of deer farms is preventing their constitutional right
5: to run their businesses. The goal is to get our rights back and allow us to, uh, to raise deer. Um, you know, we can still raise deer, but they're uh, the laws. I don't know. It's it's uh, basically a death by a thousand cuts. They keep implementing new new rules and regulations every year to the point where we can probably do commerce. The biggest things are the constitutional. Um, things with, we cannot have any new deer farms in the state of Minnesota ever again, basically abolished. Can't have any new registrations ever again in Minnesota. As far as my deer business, I mean, I have two children that would have potentially taken over my my deer business, but law reads that uh, I can only sell my deer business one time to a family member.
0: Fire also says that deer farmers are trying to take matters into their own hands by breeding CWD-resistant deer.
5: Uh, A deer farm in Wisconsin that was one of the biggest best breeders in the country, um, had a big operation. He he got CWD positive in his area, and uh, of all animals that died on his property, 60% of them were positive. So he started doing this genetic resistant, you know, you test your animals for these certain alleles. There's a certain allele that has been known to be very resistant not immune but very resistant so this farmer started breeding for that he had like an 80 acre pen but 65 percent of those deer were tested positive he cleaned that pen out the following year put in all genetic resistant animals in that pen and he harvested all those animals the next year with the genetic resistance zero positives according to fire
0: all he and his fellow farmers can do now is wait
5: i think our court case is online now and uh, you know what we filed was a preliminary injunction which that hearing should be within 90 days, from what I understand, um, and, that, and that judge is going to either rule, you know, in her favor, and that would, if he rules in her favor, then all the new laws—I don't know if it's all or specific laws—I guess—but they'll be put on hold. For Example, then I don't have to spend all that money to put up that preliminary fe- or that exclusionary fence until it works its way through the court system. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson.
1: Checking markets, Minneapolis wheat, March a half penny higher at 708 and a quarter. Chicago wheat, March down two and a half cents. March corn, steady money, 459 and a half. July down a half penny. Soybeans are higher, we're six cents higher for March, 1242 and a half. May at 1253 and a quarter, five and three quarter higher. On the farm calendar, it is South Dakota Pork Congress today. Uh, that uh, is the final day for the show that's going on in Sioux Falls. Research updates for ag professionals. There will be a session in Crookston today. That starts at 1230 this afternoon. Of course, the Small Grain Update meetings
4: continue. This is the Red River Farm Network.